the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer, the radio ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. We're so glad you joined us, and we pray that you are strengthened and transformed by God's Word today. Are you ready? Let's get into the Word. All right, open your Bibles again to 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 1. And verse 1 begins, It happened after this. Now, if you know your Bible, you know that Jehoshaphat, started strongly. Um, When he became king after, I believe it was Asa, he removed all the idols, the high places, the Asherah poles, and he didn't pray to Baal like the rest of the kings. But he he, he does something here, um, and it's important. Revival in your life begins by first addressing the obvious. So when he came into the office, into office, it was obvious, hey, man, we're worshiping idols. We're doing all the rest of the stuff. So he didn't need a, a special revelation. He knew what was going on. And here's the deal with you. You don't need a prophet to walk up, you know, while you're at the shopping uh, mall, you know, to, to tell you, you know what, uh, stop sleeping with people you're not married to. You don't need a prophet to tell you that. You don't need the prophet to tell you, stop only telling one side of the story. You don't need the prophet to walk up to you and say, stop being lazy, you know, go to church. You know, you know what you should do. So he began his reign by dealing with the obvious. Again, if you want revival in your life, deal with the obvious. And it happened after this. Again, he had this strong start, but then he allied with wicked King Ahab from the north. And then he went to battle with him and almost got himself killed. And if it wasn't for the Lord, he would not have survived. And what I've learned, and I said this last week, but I want to say it again. It's hard to live a right life when you keep the wrong friends. Who you let in your circle will determine whether or not you stay around. So after this, the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others uh, besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. So we have three uh, surrounding countries named plus others that, that joined in the battle. And what I've learned in life, we're either in a battle, coming out of battle or about to go into a battle. But, you know. Battles are a way of life, whether it's depression, whether it's loneliness, whether it's a health crisis, a financial crisis, marriage crisis, battles are a part of life. And in those moments, we either give up, stand up, back up, but only dead fish go with the flow. 
y'all seem like you're going to pull something out of me this morning. (laughs) Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, a great multitude is coming against you. Overwhelming numbers. An army too big for him to handle. How many of you have some things in your life that you're not quite sure you can handle? But this was not an ordinary problem. This wasn't, you know, a typical household issue. This was a problem that came from beyond the sea. These were folks he wasn't accustomed to, to dealing with. And then it goes on and says they were from Syria, which was the power in that region at that time. And they are in Hazen Tamar, meaning they're close. So he could feel their breath on the back of his neck. It wasn't a, a remote possibility that, you know, he might bump into this army. No, no, they were close. That they were right outside the city. And the challenge is Jehoshaphat had almost just died in the last couple chapters because he's messing around with King Ahab. And by the way, he was united with Ahab when he fought, but now two stronger armies have come against him alone. The king was overwhelmed. You ever felt like, you know what, Lord, this is just too much. He said a great multitude is just too much. Too many against Jehoshaphat's army. And Jehoshaphat feared. It was one thing to face an abstract challenge, you know, that's over there or on paper somewhere. But when survival of of, of the conflict, you know, is right up in your face, it gets personal fast. And it's one thing to think about something, but when something gets down in your emotions, you know, a lot of things I can brush off. But, but, but I know it when it starts getting under my skin. So Jehoshaphat's looking at the multitude. He has this people to, to lead and take care of. And these guys aren't playing patty cake. They are playing for keeps. And Jehoshaphat feared. We will all be afraid. I know you're tough. I know some Marines are in the room and got some Army and Navy and Air Force, police officers, firemen. But we will all be afraid at times. But it's what you do when you feel afraid that makes all the difference in the world. Jehoshaphat feared and set himself. He didn't run away. He didn't fall apart. He set himself. You know, concrete before it dries, you can make any impression on it you want. Many of us are so impressionable. So impressed by circumstances, because we have not yet set our minds. Now, our hearts are never to be hard against God, 
But I want my heart to be hard against the devil, against sin, against evil. And this language is letting us know that Jehoshaphat made a decision. He set. You got, but you, you got to do that. I, I love you, but I can't do that for you. I'm for you, but I can't do that for you. I can pray for you, but I can't do You got to set yourself. You got to make the decision about what you're going to do next. You got the news. You know the problem. Now, what you going to do? Jehoshaphat feared, and he set himself, watch this, to seek the Lord, which meant he was willing to shift his daily routine. He was willing to, to watch three less movies. He was willing maybe to take a personal day from the job, off work. He probably went on long walks talking out loud to God. And if you have to cry, grunt or shout, get it out and get it on the altar. Get it on the altar. Get it on the altar. He set his face. See, sometimes I have a challenge with folks around me because they go to church, but they don't know God. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about some folks. But there are moments God comes on me. And in those moments, I love you, but this is not about you. I can't tend to you right now. That's why the Bible says, you know, about husbands and wives, you know, some things you, 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 you can even not do because you're, you're in a season of prayer. See, every now and then God snatches me up and reminds me, you belong to me. I appreciate, yeah, in some ways you belong to church, some ways you belong to but you belong to me. And in those moments... I got to lock in with God. So if you call me, I may not pick up. You hear what I'm saying? If, if, if you come to the front door, I may not answer. Because there are times in my life that I got to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat set himself. Meaning it was a decision he made. Meaning there'll be a thousand things to come up to make it so you can't do what you really need to do. But he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And what he was saying through this fast is, God, you're more important than my next meal. You're more important than the clothes I wear, the the next thing I want to do, the places I go. God, I can't get back to business as usual with this situation looming on the horizon. You see, if you need extraordinary help, you need to seek God in an extraordinary way. I mean, if you really need an encounter with God, you're going to have to lean in. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. They weren't debating over who was the smartest, the biggest. Everybody just listen. We got Lord help us. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Unity is powerful. But also unity requires humility. If you can't get along with people, you will not be able to operate in agreement or unity. Self-absorbed people never consider how their participation or lack of it impacts others. Now, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the person next to you. But just pretend I was talking to you. But their convenience 
is all that matters. I'm so absorbed with me. It's all about me. My agenda, what I feel is the only thing that matters. Sometimes we got to grow up. But we see here Jehoshaphat leading by example. And, you know, it's a lot of folks can talk about it, but it's different to do it. I mean, day in, day out to, to get in God's and do it. And when the leader led, the people didn't drop out, cop out. They went all in. Then Jehoshaphat stood. When God's standing with you. You can stand against anyone. He stood in the assembly of Judah and prayed a prayer. A prayer so powerful, a prayer so anointed, a prayer so honored that they wrote it down. He said, oh, Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one's able to withstand you? Are you not our God? who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people, Israel, and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever. You see, Jehoshaphat didn't make it all about him. He recognized it was all about his God. And he was like, Lord, when I read my Bible, you are a ruler, you are a boss. Lord, you caused them to cross the Red Sea as on dry land. You caused one man to slew 1,000 Philistines with the jawbone of an ass. You even gave old women babies. I mean, you are the same God. You are a mighty God. And have you not promised God, is anything too hard for my God? He said, and we now live in that land that you promised. And how built you, God, a sanctuary in it for your name. Saying, if disaster comes, and all he's doing is quoting Solomon. He's quoting the word. He went back in Chronicles and found out the promises of God. He's standing on it. If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, famine, and all that was about to happen, we will stand before this temple like they were doing. you got to do what's written in this book. And in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. God put all of the weight on God's promises. Verse 13. Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives and their children, they all stood before the Lord. And it's important for our children to see us in God's presence with God's people. Now, don't be so concerned about your kids listening to you. Be concerned with the fact your kids are watching you. Yeah. This is then, meaning that, you know what, what's about to happen next is connected to what just happened. And when you get serious about seeking the Lord, I'm a little bit ahead of myself, but what does the Bible say? You will seek and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. Yeah. I mean, when you start turning over your plate, changing your routine and, and crying out to God, going on long walks and just keep bringing it up, keep talking it through, whether you got to cry, whether you got to scream, whether it's down to a whisper, whatever you got to do, when you do that, the Bible said, you know what, you ask, seek, and knock. A lot of us stop at asking. Yeah. 
Sometimes you got to look under some things. You got to look, look into some things. And then other times you got to just start pushing on some things. Say, no, no, you, you, you got to let me in here. You hear what I'm saying? So, so there's a progression in prayer. And because of their prayer, the Lord answers. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazel, the son of Zechariah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. This is important. Some things you will not hear from God until you get serious. Until you begin to really seek him. Treasure is typically not buried an inch deep. You got to get a shovel to get to the good stuff. And he said, thus says the Lord to you, do not, do not, do not be afraid. You know, the reason I pray as much as I do, and I don't know many people that pray more than I do, is not because I'm religious or because I'm trying to score points with God. The reason I pray so much is because I got real enemies. I got real problems. I got real responsibilities that I can't just wish away. I need real answers from a real God. And for that reason, you'll find me on my knees. For that reason, you'll hear me crying out to the only one that can answer. He said, do not, and you got to get a do not in your heart. Be afraid nor dismayed. And why is this afraid and dismayed put right next to each other? The word dismayed is speaking of discouragement. Sometimes I feel discouraged. Sometimes you feel discouraged. And when you look at things, it's like, God, I mean, how could, I mean, come on. Even trying to address the thing is like trying to empty the ocean with a bucket. And you could get discouraged and, 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 and despondent and, and, and it's like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Do not be afraid nor dismayed by the doctor's diagnosis. Because of this great multitude, because of the greatness of the problem, because the news your child just told you. I want you to see here, though, the prophet's not like some people I know. He, they didn't even pretend that, that it wasn't a situation. Pretending is not a problem. I'm not going to make the problem go away. He didn't pretend that there was not a great threat. He just pointed to a great God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we have real problems, real enemies, real situations. We have a real God. And this is where he points. Then he goes on. It's the prophet speaking. For the battle is, that's important. The battle is, the battle is, the battle is, it's for real. It's a real battle we're in. Not against flesh and blood, but we're in a real battle. The battle is. But it's not yours, but God's. 
In the first service, there weren't as many football watchers as I hope are in this service. How many of y'all watch football every now and then? All right. Not, maybe less in this room. Well, for those of you that don't watch, let me fill you in a little bit. You ever watch football? Next time you watch football, maybe this, this season, pay attention to football. In football, you'll notice that the defense always moves in the direction of the ball. So when the quarterback has the ball, the line runs toward the quarterback. The quarterback's over here. The line is trying to get through over here. If the quarterback's over here, the line's trying to break through to get over here. But if you notice, when the quarterback gets the ball, and everyone's focused on that ball, and it's snapped, and he hands off the ball, All of a sudden, all the attention moves from the quarterback to the fullback. I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. Hand off the ball. Give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. You're not equipped to run this play. Give it to Jesus. Yeah, position yourself. You know, you you get that phone call. You get that news. You you hear it. You got it. It's for real. It's really on you when you get it. But don't be stupid. You are not the fullback, the running back, or the wide receiver. When you get the ball, hand it off. If you got to sweep it, if you got to throw it, but get rid of the ball, make sure you get the ball to Jesus. Now, you're getting that. You're getting it. Make sure it's in the Lord's hands. The battle is not mine. It's the Lord. You see, when I hand that ball off, my hands are free. See, when I got that hand, you know, the ball in my hand, I can't really praise him the way I ought to. Because I got too much stuff in my hands. But when I hand off that ball... I can say, go Jesus, go Jesus, go, go Jesus, go Jesus, go, go Jesus, go Jesus, go. I can lift my hands because I know who's running the ball. I watched him in practice. I know his strength. I know his speed. I know his power. I know his wisdom. I know his moves. I know he got what it takes to get the ball to the other end of the field. So I just lift my hands and say, do what you do, Jesus. Do what you do, Jesus. (laughs) 
But, but here's the situation. The reason why y'all got 350-pound demons that have been working out with your name right in front of them because you hogging the ball. Hogging the ball. You won't pass the ball. It's my problem. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, how do you pray? Lord, if my people call by you, how, how do they pray? Lord, it's your problem. It's your issue. It's your house, your nation, your people's, your problem. Your problem. Your problem. The only reason I stay sane, I know I'm not built to be the fullback. I know I'm not fast enough to be the running back. I know I can't fly high enough or jump high enough to be the wide receiver. So when trouble comes, I find a way to hand it off. 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 But that's why you're going crazy. You keep getting tackled. You keep holding on to my problem, my issue. She said, if you cast the care on me, I'll care for you. I'll run that ball if you give it to me. If you give it to me. If you give it to me. Give God a hallelujah. This has been Live Big with Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. Join us next time as we continue this teaching. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. If you want to know more about becoming a Christian or want to rededicate your life to Christ, Bishop Greer wants to walk you through a step-by-step guide. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Visit gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's all for today. Until next time, live big. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.